Welcome to Turn a Page, the official comic book club for Nerd Initiative. Each week, the NI Bullpen will be covering the world of comics, talking to creators, deep diving into some fantastic stories, and much more. Now let's hand it over to the team and turn a page. Eight PM Eastern Standard Time, and you are tuned into Nerd Initiative YouTube's channel for another edition of the Comic Book Club, provided by the Nerd Initiative bullpen. That's right; it's another edition of Turn a Page. What is going on, everyone? My name is Ken M. You know me as the host of the ODPH podcast, but I'm also Nerd Initiative's comics editor in chief. To my left, your right. I don't even try doing his intro, so take it away. Four scorn seven years ago, our forefathers and foremothers come at you live and direct straight from a folding chair in the ODPH studio. My name is Off the Cuff Tom, your pop culture connoisseur. Thank you, as always. It's always a pleasure. Indeed, indeed. And joining us, as always, you know him as one half of the dynamic duo that's bringing you all the pop culture news you need to know with a beverage at hand. It's the one only Matt from Hops Geeks News. What up? Happy Election Day. May we all get out there and vote, whether it's for Lex Luthor, Harry Osborne, not Harry Osborne. Jesus, what is this my first time? Anyways, what's up, guys? Let's get this party started. What's going on? Yeah, Norman indeed, Osborne, because my goodness. Well, you know, Harry probably would have been better. Like, I, I would have be voted for Harry, to be honest with you. He has a kind soul. Norman, just straight up. No, thank you. Yeah, but, you know, Otto would have fixed the national debt in like three seconds. This is true. Like, this should be a great poll that we should run about what Spider-Man rogue would be a great president. Well, not just that. Like, let, let's get this going in the chat. When we get a, when we get enough people in the chat, let's do this. Let's, let's put it out there. Who is your favorite villain that could be a potentially good president? Ooh. Now, that's a great question. Doesn't matter what side, Marvel, DC, boom, boom. Doesn't matter. We'll, we'll get this one when the numbers get up there. We're gonna throw that out in the in the. All right, the that's a that's a good man. That's a really good pondering question. You know, I like it. Man, that's tough. Wow, that is very very tough. That's this is great for the chat or even a super chat. As I hear that we have that feature on, so you definitely super want... chat. Oh man, I gotta come up with a new gimmick. Uh, apparently that's, that's the word I'm hearing from our friends at the powers to be that you can click on that QR code right now and contact nerd initiative and let them know about what is going on that you want to see here on turn a page. But as we have alluded to tonight is all about the election because it is election day here in the United States. So hopefully you got a chance to vote and we thought we'd have some fun with this because Arr. in the lineage of comics, there is one character that's been synonymous with voting America, and that is one Steve Rogers. Oh, yes. it wasn't like you know Captain I was, Canada. I thought you were going to say Britain. Like, yeah, you know Captain Britain, maybe Ray Ghoul. Who knows? Ray would be a good president. I was thinking him in the back of my head, honestly. After I said, it, I was like, you know what? He's got some ideas. I mean, he might go about it the wrong way sometimes. Like maybe not destroying a whole entire city is the right way to go about it. But he yes, has some detective, ideas. I've Detective, I've turned the, the Oval Office into a Lazarus pit. Yes, yes, it's fantastic. The Lincoln bedroom I use for my <laughs> conjugations. Yes, it's wonderful. <laughs> no. Well, that's the question that's pondered, especially with Captain America. In the pages of a classic Marvel series that we all know nowadays via an animated form on Disney+, and that's What If. It's a, story, it's a series, if anybody's not familiar with, it takes questions that Marvel fans have asked throughout the years 
sometimes relating to a favorite story, sometimes relating to a favorite character about the possibilities if they went into a different direction for whatever it would be. And it's raised a lot of great variables, history of comics, especially with Marvel. And we've seen this happen in other companies as well. But what if has always been the staple with Marvel? And we thought we'd have some fun on election night here by bringing up a classic story from 1977. Uh, written by Mark Barr, or Mike Barr, rather, Herb Trumpy and Mike Esposito are on the art, and that is, what if Captain America had been elected president? What if? What if? So I think my I, co-host was alive during the time that this comic book came out, actually. Just kidding. Oh, really? <laughs> I always mess with her. I always got to mess with her, because she always is like, I'm 40 now, and that, you know, just got to mess with it. Throw the dull jabs in there. Oh, absolutely. And in a situation with this, too, I mean, it, it's a great concept because we always know, I know I'm up there. It's no question. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm the elder statesman. I of was going to say, what, what was published first, you or this comic? <laughs> the comic. Not by much. Not by much, but the comic. Yes. I'm vintage, folks. <laughs> He's Bronze Age. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I, I have my own spot at the comic shop. It's, it's good. Thanks. That's what I do, folks. But in that said... The question is, what would Cap do if he was elected president? And it's something that has been thrown around. I know that it was mentioned in the Captain America series at one point, and Cap had to turn it down at the time. And rightfully so, because let's face it, superheroes and comics, being involved in the presidency of running the greatest country in the world is a little difficult to do. And when we started coming up with this idea about it, I mean, Matt, what was your, your thoughts going when you read this comic byline? Uh, you know, it's, it's one that I'm surprised they, we've never really gotten more exploration from because a lot of the times it's always the villains. Like what if, like I've already talked about, you know, Norman Osborn ran for office, what if he's a mayor or whatever this, but it's always like Captain America, he embodies the American spirit, right? So why don't we have more than what if Captain America decides to hang up the cowl, hang up the shield and run for office because he truly embodies the American spirit. He wants to make America a better place, maybe the world a better place. And perhaps the way he can do that is by running for office. And I would have loved if they had gone like a little nod to this in Endgame. Like we see old man Rogers on the bench and maybe he talks about running for political office, just like a little one shot. But I, uh, the story surprisingly was just every bit of goofy that I would have expected from this era of comic books. Tom. Perfect. He's, he hit the nail right on the head. Um, I think that, you know, at this point in comic books and, and, you know, I was doing my homework about this, there really wasn't that many heavy hitter stories. So to get this really fun twist of what if, um, especially this is what if number 26. So the, the run has been going for a little bit right now. Uh, it's a nice, play on things i mean you look at this book and it's 44 pages long but this whole story is only going to run 26 pages so you're followed up with man thing and i think there was something else after that uh so this is a pretty much cut and dry book um and it's a nice change let's be honest we have covered on here some heavy heavy stuff Mm -hmm. you know uh, a billion genies uh yeah, let's just say this. So this is a nice little take back. I mean, yes, we did have the buddies ep- issue with uh, Booster and, and Blue Beetle. But yeah, this was just like Matt said, it was a nice camp that we got. 
you know, it's a, it's a nice little fun story too. Cause like I say, with the what ifs, they usually, depending on what the story is, they don't take themselves too seriously. And this is a situation too, that we have because the situation is brought up to cap about running and cap was originally no, but the more he started pondering it as we're going into the story, the more he started thinking about, well, maybe just maybe. Mm-hmm. And the American people were very behind him at the time, too. And this is something that has always kind of lingered around him because he's always the symbol of freedom. He's always the sentinel of liberty. And especially about crossing those lines. I mean, this is this kind of led to one of the more polarizing stories in the late 80s when Captain America Steve Rogers was fired because he did not want to get politically involved. And that led to John Walker coming into the fold as the replacement Captain America, and he subsequently became U.S. agent, and I could go on a tirade behind that, but I'm not behind a paywall. <laughs> I, so. I have his card, his original 92 card. Yeah. 91 oh, wow. or 92. Oh, my God, it's so bad. But but it, that's where it kind of leads. So Cap had always stayed away, but the writers decided to take the issue here, and even with Cap going and addressing the public, because at first he's like kind of teasing them, much like in pro wrestling. You know, he's, he's kind of leaning one way that he's going to swerve them, and then all of a sudden he's like, but I will run. For the the presidency, which elates the crowd and everybody's you know completely enamored with the idea. Did you get Cody Rhodes vibes like I did? Like I have to finish the story. <laughs> That's yes. all I can think. Yes, of. I did. <laughs> the American Nightmare himself, Steve Rogers. Adrenaline, it's in his soul. It is something, something. Whoa, Cody Rhodes. Oh, I thought it was a super soldier serum. <laughs> well, it is super soldier serum, but yeah, but you, unless you know the greatness of Cody's theme song, you, you're gonna miss it. Yes. And word travels around the superhero community for this. And I, I love how we see Ben Grimm's reaction, and he's just like, Wait, what? And then his ultimate reaction is, I'm voting for him. I just get like Hulk Hogan vibes too, because everything is wrestling, like comic books are sports. So I always think like, I'm voting for him still, brother. That's what it, I just read that in Ben's voice, essentially. Yeah. Because I mean, that's just how Ben plays out too. And he, yeah. he, he's so it, it, like for that time period too. I mean, Ben Grimm is the perfect hero for the reaction there. Oh yeah. Ben, Ben's the everyman. If you think about it, regardless of, of the orange skin, he really does represent the everyman. Yeah. Well, read and especially it too, how they play. I was oh, going to say, read it first gives a very political answer, right? He starts off with, "Oh no, the Fantastic Four, we we don't deal, dabble in politics," and then Ben's over here like, "Screw that, Captain America, yeah, <laughs> yeah." Oh, he plays it so well too, and then especially the part with Spider Man meeting J. Jonah Jameson oh, about that was this. The best part of this entire issue. Yeah. Just breaking it down, and, and he just kind of goes up to Jonah's window, and he's like, hey, just letting you know I could be his vice president. By the way, I'm going to be his VP, and Jay Jonah's like, what? Yeah, he goes like storming aneurysm. out. <laughs> Your friendly neighborhood VP? Yeah. Yes. He's got my vote. Oh, I mean, he that was, ticket, I, I'm all in for. I am all in for. But as we see, you know, the politics just kind of swing through, and we get more of, you know, who should be Cap's running mate. And especially because he's very serious about running. And then we find out that it's Senator Hawk. So, Matt, I mean, what's your reaction when you're seeing the senator who's, I mean, he is a politician kind of getting involved in the superhero dynamic here? Well, I mean, it makes sense, right? Cap was very smart about it uh, because he was like, dudes, you know, like how Washington works, essentially. He's like, I'm not just, you know, bringing you along to buy your vote, so to speak. He's like, no, like you 
know how this works. You know how the political system works. I need somebody like that because I'm not a politician. And really, yeah, Cap, Cap's smart, man. Like, obviously, he's using his brain in this situation. And again, he would have had my vote just from the the pure, like, oh, he's he's really smart. And then that was also like, I'm going to reveal my face if I get elected too at the same time. Yeah, it's something he doesn't think about at the moment, though. Mm -hmm. He he was pandering to the public, especially saying, you know, hey, if I get elected, I'm going to show you my face. At the same time, you know, using uh, Senator Hawk, I think, was a a really smart idea on Marvel's behalf of like, hey, black guy in the White House. (laughs) I'm just going to say, I'll put it right there. It's 1970, you know, 77, right? Mm -hmm. When this book is put out. So there's still a lot of racial tension that we're getting off of. I mean, so it was a really smart idea to do that and to even acknowledge the fact like, hey, I'm not just here to be your, you know, your token boy. Like he's there to do the job. And Steve says, yeah, no, you know your stuff. I want you here. And I think that also goes back to the fact of, you know, the great relationships that Cap had with Falcon. Yeah. You know, having that going, it really shows that, okay, we can do this. We can all work together. There's, there's in the long run, this is where we need to be. Well, yeah, because I mean, especially. Oh, go ahead. Matt. Well, I was just gonna say, uh, you know, you kind of brought up a good point there. It kind of jogged my my brain a little bit. It was that Cap's the embodiment again of America, and by doing that, it's kind of showing because you talked about you know, black guy in the White House, for example. And it's like to Captain America, he doesn't see that. It's like, hey, no man, you know your stuff. I don't care who you are, what you are. You're gonna bring this together, and that just shows that, especially during a time period of the '70s where this was kind of unheard of. Um, mm-hmm. It's very much that's what that's what America is, right? Like the American dream is that anybody from any walk of life, no matter where they come from, what their skin color is, could be anything and anyone and now vice president. So it was it was very cool. Yeah. And I loved how they did have it be another superhero. Like, that's where I really was thinking, like, because Cap could have gone a different way and just had like Thor or Iron Man, you know, one of his fellow Avengers be the vice president. But he was very smart about who he wanted to select for it and got the right person for the job. And especially just the reaction of his opponents about this, too. I mean, they're saying they're knowing that they're losing the battle here politically and just how that's throwing everything off for them because they're expecting the Cap thing was never going to take off. And yet he's proving that he's more than qualified for the position because he really knows the tempo of the American people. And that's something that, you know, in my opinion, a lot of times politicians miss. And to see Cap really represent that, I mean, that's why he's so beloved by fans. I mean, even outside the Marvel Comics universe, it's just he represents the ideals and the dream. And that's something that never goes away no matter what incarnation you see him in. Yeah. And it's something that, like I say, it resonates in this time period too, as it goes forward, because the election, uh, which I mean, everybody is kind of blown away by, but he wins in almost like a landslide too over like the, uh, you know, it was like 138 to like 63 to something else. It was crazy. Yeah. Like seeing how this played out. I mean, Tom, what was going through your head about this? Uh, no third party member has ever gotten that many votes, period. So I'm like, okay, at the same time, uh, we knew it was going to happen. It was right on the freaking cover. Like yeah. Saying. <laughs> but to even to see just how it plays, I mean, it just was something that it, it made so much sense. And then to see him get in the White House and then he lived up to his promise at the inauguration speech, he literally takes off his mask. And some people are kind of blown away and don't really know what to do. And yet you see a sniper get put on cap because, I mean, let's face it, he does have a rogues gallery 
and they would take him out no matter what. So now that they know him in such a public place, I mean, Matt, when you're seeing this play out, I mean, what's going through your head? Uh, very unsurprising. And also, you know, maybe we should get some better, tighter security a little bit. The fact that this was a very, you know, the seventies, like political assassinations were still like very much a thing we needed to worry about a little bit more maybe than today's day and age. But yeah, I wasn't surprised right off the bat. And my first thought when reading it was like, oh yeah, Red Skull's probably going to obviously try to take him out. What a better chance. It wasn't Red Skull mm -hmm. yet, but uh, yeah, no, it was the least surprising thing on earth. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, Tom, I think you kind of echo the same thing. Um, yeah, I really think, honestly, you know, Matt Matt put it out there. It was the 70s. I want a redo of this. I want a modern-day redo. Like, give me a what-if part two, or what yeah. if now? Well, they're doing the what-if dark series right now, so I don't think they would go there, but I think once they come out of that, that's a possibility. I, I really think that some of these older what-ifs, now that we're in a completely new age of comics and a new idea of what comics can be, would be a really cool idea. You know, like, instead of random John Q, whoever shot at him, right? Like, let's make a Winter Soldier. Let's thaw him out and take the shot. Yeah, I mean, they could definitely run with it a lot of different places if they if they want to go back to it. I mean, that's the one great thing about how we see these stories that were written in the seventies, especially this was in like in eighties, like when What If was really po like popular in the comic form. Oh yeah, that if they wanted to go rehash this. I mean, there's always a market for it because it's just the alternate universe. I mean, we've had this happen in comics for so many years, and it doesn't it doesn't have to be strictly Marvel too. Like that's the whole thing. If they really want to go through, you have heroes that have been around since the 1930s, and you can always find something new to tell with them if you really bring out the talented side of your creative team and really let them run loose. And that's the one great thing about what ifs, too, is you don't have to fall in line with what is expect, you know, expected with a character. Like You can really do some crazy stuff. And to see it kind of play out, like I say, it's, it's wild to see because as we start seeing – Cap is really effective in his job role and really is solving the world's problems. Like you see the one shot where he's like taking care of the nuclear weapons in space and, and, you know, almost causing like a utopia happening, which is yeah, like unprecedented the energy crisis too. <laughs> yeah. Like it's wild to see. And he's just, he's doing just all this work that he can't really do as a hero, but he's also noticing that he's now having a little civil uprise, so to speak, because we are seeing that somebody's kind of leading a militia against him. And it, it starts building up a little more and more that Cap is now getting torn between his hero identity and then his political identity. And Matt, like when you're seeing this start to unfold, like what are you thinking is going to be the way he's going to lean? I mean, natural instincts are off the bat. At the end of the day, he is a soldier and he talks, he even references it too. Like he talks about how he's fought multiple wars. Um, he's very staunchly against sending American troops into any sort of battle. But at the end of the day, uh, at the root of Captain America, it's, you know, he fought Nazis and he's never going to have to see that again. And so almost automatically in his brain, he has to stop and really, really use self-control. Something I applaud him for because inherently he's like, no, we got to stop the problem before it really begins but then he goes you know what let's let them do their thing we're gonna stay out of it and uh it it seemingly on the surface prevails yeah tom 
Uh, I appreciated the fact that we got the few panels saying, oh, we're going to get another Vietnam. We're going to do another whole police state whole kind of idea. And um, just the fact that they acknowledged it, like kudos to the writers, you know, especially just coming out of everything with Vietnam, Korea and, and all those failed conflicts as far as I'm concerned. Nerd Initiative is not responsible for any political views. It's, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, um, again, just my opinion that they full well acknowledge the fact of like, yo, we're doing this and here's the thing and don't mess this up. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, that's, that's been something Marvel has always been great at is just being really reflective of the world they live in. I mean, that's kind of like why every superhero is based in New York because they want it to really be, you know, your universe, but it's also one that is easy to relate to the audience. Like it's not so much as much as it's fictional. It's not like, does that make sense? Mm hmm. Oh yeah, I also so, think a uh, <laughs> real quick the updated "What If" by the way would just be Captain America sitting there, not able to get anything done because all the House and the Senate could never agree on a single thing. Yeah, oh, I could only imagine. <laughs> oh, I, I just pulled up the whole cabinet, and like, if we really want to just fan cast, you know, what heroes would he fill the cabinet out with? Because you I, know, Iron Man, yeah. Department of Treasury, or yeah. Defense, or both. I could see Thor being the, the of Defense. Ooh, that would be a good one. Yeah, <laughs> Thor would just be like wreck shop. Wait, wait, I got it. Department of Energy, the Hulk. <laughs> well played. <laughs> I'm, I'm saying the chat is lighting up about it. So yeah, make sure you get that's, your guesses in there. Especially that's what gave me the, the idea. I apologize too, because I, I was just thinking like, he, uh, you know, Bradley said that he would probably still have cat fighting Nazis. And then I was like, you know, realistically, yes. And at the same time, he wouldn't be able to get a single thing done because no bill would ever pass because nobody would ever be able to agree. Yeah. But as we see too, Cap decides to take on the uprising right directly, flies right to the conflict, meets with who he thinks is the head of the uprising. And sure enough, it turns out to be his longtime nemesis, the Red Skull. Da, da, da. Which, I mean, Stop. we have to tie in. Yeah, we have to tie in some superhero uh, storylines going on. Because, I mean, he does leave Senator Hawk, his now vice president, in charge. So he takes off to, to leave the conflict, but he winds up getting captured, which is something that nobody ever really kind of thought about. It's like, okay, well, Cap being in the position he is to leave and go do that, you really can't, like, predict that this was going to happen. But then it's like, how do you react as far as it goes with the, you know, the political standpoint? Well, it also goes back to the the day that he was in, in his inauguration where he went and took care of the, you know, potential sniper and Secret Service is like, what the hell are we going to do now? Yeah. What's our job again? <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So as he takes off to go do this, like I say, this is when you start having the, the plan with the Red Skull. And basically it's the skull doing skull things. You know, wanting to take out America and just really make Steve Rogers pay and just have him just tortured as he's watching. And you see Steve showing the resiliency that is him. I mean, no matter what, he might be the ultimate Boy Scout, but he also never gives up. And he is always somebody that will always put the weight of the world on his shoulders just to help one person, let alone the fate of his country that he loves. And you just really see him start making like the ultimate sacrifice as he starts going to take Skull out, which he finally breaks free and then uses his shield to smash the equipment, which changes the laser beam that was supposed to be coming down on Washington to directly where he is. I mean, when you're seeing this play out, Matt, I mean, what's going through your head? I mean, just this is another day in the life of Steve Rogers. 
essentially but all at the same time man like it's it's noble heroic to a fault like he is willing to sacrifice himself to a fault and it's like steve yes but in this specific scenario like you're the president the country can't afford to lose their head so to speak and he but he sacrifices himself at the end of the day because he stops red skull from overloading the system and destroying and killing you know sacrifice one to save many and that's just what makes steve steve the ultimate hero he doesn't think twice about it. he's like i have a duty to my country and he really takes that to heart and he saves the day and uh i i was very surprised at that's the direction it went i thought it was going to be you know steve saves the day he goes back to the white house all is good but uh that's not really what happened to him. and that one kind of took me back a little bit tom saw it coming yeah <laughs> plain and simple cap being cap i mean he wouldn't have gone down there unless he didn't feel as if he had something that he could do um at the same time you know you're only as strong as, as the rest of the team you have so knowing that he was able to go down there that everything was in good hands back home so if it came to the ultimate sacrifice he knew things were still going to get done mm -hmm. and as you see i mean he does sacrifice himself to save the world and he get he takes out the skull with him they they just find the remains of the shield in the the skull's base and we do see that the the statue is put up in his honor and you see the, you know the turnout of heroes that are mourning along with the nation that just really had you know fallen in love with what he did behind, you know in such a position that i mean it, it was kind of just the narrative too about like how heroes should not be in politics and just kind of you know, almost like that's the almost the lesson you take home with you in this situation. I mean, but seeing the pouring out of emotion here and just the iconic image, which I know we have of you know, the flag behind Steve as he's there and the watchers just kind of saying the goodbyes, just like this is, you know, why they do what they do, but they also know the risks. And this is why we, you know, they don't really kind of cross in that lane. I mean, Matt, when you're seeing this final image, like what's going through your head? Yeah, it's it's the embodiment, man. It's cool because you see just how well respected he was across his heroes. Like, yeah, of course, people like Tony Stark were telling him not to do it. Reed Richards held his opinion. But at the end of the day, everybody respected Captain America for being the hero that he was. They recognized the sacrifice he made. And it's a it's a beautiful scene. Um, just across you got Scarlet Witch, you got Vision, you got all these various heroes that are there to pay homage to this great hero. And even the watcher himself is kind of doing watcher things he's he acknowledges that like you know steve is one of if not the best of the best mm -hmm. tom the watcher looks funny that's all i got out of it. i mean it, every, <laughs> everything else on that page just completely makes sense you know but i just had to take take a minute and just take a beat and go yeah i'm glad they updated the watcher's look because it was either little head big body or yes. big head little body well, I mean, he is an alien, so he's got he's got to look a little different. Yeah, but <laughs> but you know, it, all I got. but you know, but it, it ties into everything that we see as a hero because, like, even as much as a wild idea this has been played out in the comics to see it unfold, it still ties in that same hero superhero element at the end of the day, and that's what makes the sacrifice even that much more noble. But it also goes to show about just like how the lines, you know, like this would never work out because Steve would never be able to give up the superhero life to just be in the political aspect. And we have seen this play out in more recent times when we've had somebody take over as director of S.H.I.E.L.D., like when Tony Stark did for a brief bit, 
when Cap was um, aged properly and he was a running shield uh, when Nick Fury was away, even to a wilder degree with Norman Osborn being in charge of Hammer during that whole storm storyline. So it goes to show, like, even though they are qualified as heroes, with the exception of Norman, uh, <laughs> you know, that they could actually hold that position, but they can't give up their other day job. And it, it goes to show just about how dedicated they are to the people in their own way that it would never work out, per se. Even though, I mean, I think it's happened in a couple other indie series, but we'll have to kind of dive into that at a later date. So that being said, Matt, what's your grade on this story from What If in 1977? You know, it was it was kind of goofy. The, what do you think, 1977 comics, it was very much old school, kind of that goofier side of things. I enjoyed it. Didn't move the needle by any means. It was kind of predictable, right? So I you know, honestly, it's like a 3.5 out of 5 for me. I still found myself kind of just grinning at certain points, like with the Spider-Man sequence, the the Ben Grimm sequence. And then, of course, like, ah, the classic old school, like 70s gotcha yeah. moment with the Red Skull, who's like, ah, you fell for the oldest trick in the book. And it was it was fun, man. And that's that's all I asked for. Uh, just a nice, lighthearted comic book. Yeah. Tom? Well, Nancy and I, we were uh, reading the book <laughs> there, and uh, just simply for the fact that we got, uh, you know, Governor Reagan showing up from California uh, was alluding to the fact that he was going to become president, you know, eventually one day. You bet your oh, jelly yeah. beans. I'm going to give this a 7 out of 10. Well played, sir. Thank you. Yeah, no, anytime that it's a what-if story, I usually kind of have the same grade for it, and it's not a knock on the series, but it's always just great to see this, this fun takes that the creators have on this. And that's at the end of the day, that's what you're going to get out of every single what if issue. They're always great reads. They're not going to completely be needle movers, but unless you're really in love with a character or a concept, like they're just fun reads. And I think that that's what we had here, especially with the idea of cap of all people running the United States, which a lot of fans have talked about doing stories like that since his creation to be honest with you. I mean, there's always that iconic, uh, I believe uh, it was Jack Kirby, that they had the pin about vote for Cap, you know, that was like falling on the street. Uh, it's it's a very, very old cover, but it's still it's one that reigns true today. And I think that in this aspect, yeah, this is a fun story. And it's always something about the storytelling of the 1970s Marvel Universe that jumps out because you can definitely tell the camaraderie that all the heroes have, like they all know each other. They all know like how to get on each other's nerves. They all are friends. And in comparison to like, when we see the post civil war era, it's very much before they all decided that Marvel wants them to hate each other and always be at odds and just come together just because they have to. Yeah. Like I say, you, when you take a look at that final scene, you have the X-Men there, you have the Avengers there, the fantastic four there. Everybody is just on We're the all same buddy, page. buddy. Yeah. Which I mean, that's something that I've always loved about Marvel is just everybody, you know, it, it truly is like a neighborhood. It's a family. It's it's just that real-world aspect that you see. And that's one thing that, like I say, I love about the 70s storytelling of Marvel because you'd always see random crossovers like this happening. And we, as comic readers, when you see this, nowadays it would be a big deal. But back oh, yeah. then it was just like a, a normal day at the office. So for me seeing this, I have to agree with you. I mean, this is a 7 out of 10 for me. It's still a fun read, especially if you're looking for something to break away from election coverage. I highly recommend this because 
I mean, one, this reminds you about why Steve Rogers is one of the greatest heroes of all time. And two, it'll always remind you about how Captain America should be about the ideals and the dream and not about the politics. Oh, yeah. I, I love that 100% right there. It, the bleakness of modern day politics, if you just want to take a break, do this because it kind of almost leaves you feeling hopeful that this is, you know, a general idea of something that could maybe one day happen again, like, or, you know, happen is this political landscape can end up where we all can finally agree uh, eventually. Right. And that's what it left me kind of feeling that way. Is it's like hope for a future that we can obtain something like that. Cause that's what comic books do. They give you your imagination power and that's what happens. Absolutely. Can't say it better, Matt. But before we get out of here, obviously we got some comic picks uh, because it's going to be a monster day at new at the comic shops this week. New comic book day is loaded this oh, week. Yeah. So, Matt, I know you got a few picks lined up. What do you got for us? Man, uh, first things first, we obviously have the Enfield Gang Massacre coming from Chris Condon and Jacob Phillips. That's with Image, issue number four. That is uh, honestly a really must read right there and because it's been it's bringing westerns back westerns was a dying breed for a while so i'm gonna go that and then um count crowley that's another good comic book and then uh, a friend of the show right here actually yes post has a monster issue dropping tomorrow everybody should be literally running to make sure they're picking up the punisher and then while you are at your comic book shop there is one thing i want you all to do that is make sure you let your comic book shop know that you want to order the comic book beyond real coming from Zach Kaplan and oh, Vault yeah. comics to, uh, because basically what vault is doing with this issue is they're giving it to the comic book shops free of charge in hopes that it's going to get more people into the comic book shops. And, uh, it's something new that they're doing and it's something really cool. They're, they're trying new ways to get people to get out there and pick up comic books, to read comics. And it's also from a lesser known publisher at vault who we all know, but maybe the casual reader who might not know. And this is very much a, what if we're living in a simulation? Uh, her name is June. She's in a crash in the beginning. And from that point on, she kind of noticed she has powers, which takes her into this magnificent world. And there's a bunch of different worlds. I've read the first three issues, beautiful artwork. And within that, there's three different artists and they all do different parts of the world. So there's a new artist for every kind of page almost. And it's something that's really cool. And I really hope people pick that up. So that's my big, big plug from Hot Geek News Crew. If you want to find out more about it, listen to our latest episode where we had Zach on to talk about it. Yeah, absolutely killer episode. Everybody should be following Hops Geeks News on their podcast. Like, seriously, doing some of the best work out there in the business. Tom, I know you had one pick this week. Uh, yeah, I had some nice Jewish boys. Yes. Neil Klein, John Brolia. This series on Comixology Originals. Holy smokes. This issue is amazing. If you like crime stories, this is right up your alley. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh it's it's just a, a stunning book to to read. I highly recommend everybody gets right on Comicsology. Download that app, read the book. It it's yeah, just just do it. Just really do it. And on top of that, you know, we also have Thanos is getting a number 1 tomorrow. Yep. Since Punisher's got number 1, Thanos is getting number 1. Uh, who else is getting, uh, you know, I always like, you know, number ones coming out because it gets everybody in. So like people like myself who are like, who, you know, it's, it's a really nice, uh, in, um, speaking of which, since this is a, what if, you know, we got a, what if coming out tomorrow too, right? Yes. We got a, what if dark 
Tomb of Dracula number one. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, Trust me, it's going to suck in a good way. (laughs) Well played, sir. You know, like, you guys have had great picks, too, and I have to agree. Like I say, my pick of the week is Punisher number one by David Peppos and Dave Watcher. I... The fact that Dave, or I mean, like I said, David Pepos, anything he does is always a must read. He's on a streak right now. He is, man, next level stuff he's doing. Absolutely killing it. And like what, and if you. He said killing it because it's Punisher. You know, but it's true though, because like I say, anything you pick up from David Pepos right now, I mean, is absolute amazing. Like the devil that wears my face. Like, oh yeah. How amazing is that series going? Uh, like to be a little different, uh, DC, I'll give a plug Batman 139. So this is the first story coming out after the Batman, uh, Catwoman Gotham city war. Right. And this is a wild, wild issue. Chip Zdarsky and Jorge Jimenez run and pick this up. Like this is a start of a brand new arc and it will literally blow you away. A fantastic work, uh, from page to page right there. And also on the, uh, image side, skybound entertainment, Energon Universe is kicking into high gear. Transformers number two is dropping. Daniel Warren Johnson. And let me just say, if you're not on board with the Energon Universe, get familiar really, really fast. Because there's a lot of big things coming, and you definitely don't want to miss out on it. And like I say, issue number two is the cover alone will sell you on it. And like I say, I'm not even going to get just... You see the cover, like I say, that's the only point that you need in your collection because, like I say, there's so much great things coming out this week. Boom Studios has got uh, House of Slaughter 19. Damn Them All number 10 is coming out. Like I said, Image has got a loaded week. IDW has got some amazing books coming out. Speaking of IDW, you know that they're doing a reissue of Last Ronin coming out tomorrow as well. So those of you who haven't been able to get it or those of you who are familiar or know kind of know what's going on, this is a great opportunity to just, you know, fill out your collection if you need to. Oh, absolutely. Like I say, it's always a great day to go down to the comic shops. But this week especially, too, it's a loaded one no matter who your favorite publisher is. Go out to the shops. Go check it out. You see the QR code that's above Matt. That will take you if you're not <laughs> sure where to go. Look at all these. Just look at all these. You'll have to really zoom in. But, yes, but where Matt is pointing to, that's a QR code for comic shop locator. So if you're not sure where to go. So, you know, like I say, you fill it out, you'll know where to go. We're going to give them a free plug. It'll take you, it'll give you directions to get to your comic shop. So go down there, go talk to some fans in and like, really find a great series that you want to pick up, especially like I say, with what Matt was saying with vault, that's a great concept that I think more people need to know about and really just start checking out some of the indie stuff as well. Like I said, the big two are putting out great work as well too. Oh yeah. It's such an amazing time to be a comic fan right now. Like I say, no matter where you go, if it's Comixology Originals, Distillery, Image, Boom. I mean, we've I got like Ghost w. Machine getting ready to fire up here soon. Yeah. Know? There's Big there's a lot, dude. It, it, we're in a resurgence, and I will say it till I'm blue in the face, that now is as good a time as ever. If you just love stories, it doesn't even have to be superheroes. Because a lot of the stories I've been reading lately personally, and I know Lauren has been reading personally, haven't been superhero focused. And so I know there's a big discourse about superhero fatigue, and that's okay Mm -hmm. if that's okay. But comic books are so much more than superheroes, and there are so many good creators out there, artists, you know, writers that are just pouring their heart and soul into something that they love. And it's so evident on every single page that I am just reading out there that you guys are reading. (laughs) 
and uh people take like seriously take notice and if you go to your local comic book shop and you just like chat it up with whoever's behind that counter yeah. i can almost guarantee you the next time you go in there they're gonna have something to recommend based off a two second conversation and you're gonna be hooked and you build that relationship and you build that community for yourself and uh it's it's truly amazing i i cannot say it enough do so no i absolutely can't echo that enough i mean we're lucky at our comic shop here in town uh our guy justin we love you justin yeah well justin is due to come on the show at some point too by the way we're, we're working that out we're gonna need a really big disclaimer yes <laughs> yes really big disclaimer but yeah justin justin should be coming on like i say i have something in the works for that too we have a lot of stuff that's in the works here for nerd initiative and the nerd initiatives bullpen to bringing you the best in comics starting at wednesday 9 a.m eastern standard time we got a lot of stuff kicking off tomorrow, so it's going to be a packed day. So if you're not sure what to pick up at the comic shops, make sure to click on that QR code. Make sure you're following everybody who's right in there. Matt, Lauren, Marty, uh, Tom, myself, Derek, and even on TikTok too, Joey and Jan. Uh, we got some new uh, new members of the bullpen too. Dan from... Uh, yeah, so like I say, we got we Marty. Like I said, we got so many people in the bullpen right now. Like I'm losing track. We have a connoisseur and now a concierge. We probably, you know, in my humble opinion, we probably got about the best team out of anybody out there that's just writing comic book reviews and writing any reviews. The Nerd Initiative team is probably the best place out there, and uh, you guys are missing out if you're not clicking on this QR code to check them out. Absolutely. Before we get out of here, Matt, why don't you tell everybody how to find you and everything going on with Hopskeeks News? Yes, sir. So Hops Geek News right there. QR code, scan it, or you can search the name. That's where we're at. Lauren and I, great episodes. Uh, like I said, we had Zach Kaplan. And then uh, tomorrow's episode, we're actually going to be doing a Veterans Day one on Howling Commandos. But we got a lot of great stuff coming up. Our 200th episodes dropping in December. We're even talking about doing some sort of goofy live Christmas special. Um, but Ken and Help Tom are actually, yes, they are actually going to be coming. We're going to be doing a comic book draft for the year 2023, where we are drafting our favorite comic books, actually. So that will be coming end of december probably right around new year's so start a new year like with that and uh we're doing lots of cool things on our discord we're going to start doing like movie watch alongs and uh other stuff like that maybe a book club so come hang out with us and uh appreciate you guys for bringing me along on this journey here and turn a page absolutely tom let the fine folks know go right there do the thing that's it plain and simple vote for tom you've already got your phone in your hand just do it yeah it's simple, short, sweet, to the point. And for me, well, before we get to me, definitely want to make sure you're checking out, if you're looking for pro wrestling content, every Thursday night, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, Wrestling Night Live. Wrestling Night Live. The biggest show kicking in the doors and swinging the steel chairs to every single pro wrestling fan that needs that good content brought to them. Uh, I tell you what, the conversation is going to be very, very loud this week because we got a lot of stuff to talk about with AEW, WWE, GCW, and a whole lot more. So you want to make sure you're following Nerd Initiative. Hit that subscribe button and you don't miss the announcement of when the next episode is coming on Thursday night, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. But in the meantime, it's like I say, as the graphic is up there, you want to make sure you subscribe and click the bell for notifications and tap that thumb. It's that simple, folks. It's a three-step method, and you will never miss a moment of the pop culture positivity here on Nerd Initiative YouTube. And then if you want to find out what's going on with me and the rest of the ODPH team, simple, you swing on over to odphpodcast.com or click on that QR code because we do like our QR codes. And we have a lot of stuff on that website right now that uh, is only going to get bigger as the season goes on and 
you want to make sure you're following right around Black Friday because the official ballot for this year's Nerd Initiative Cheersies will be out. So, so we are pu- we are putting together our nominations for this year's uh, uh, categories, and we should have that ballot up probably by 9 a.m. on Black Friday, if not a little later in the day. We I don't want to say why, but just say you want to make sure you're following and you Do won't it. miss a moment of the content because, yeah, we got a lot of stuff in store for you. And like I say, just make sure you're following everything that's going on here at Nerd Initiative because there's a lot of stuff that's happening that we can't even talk about just yet. We want to, but we can't. So that's why the easiest way you can sign up is click on that QR code contact and make sure you're following the newsletter because I'll have all the information going on about the remainder of 2023 and and, and a big 2024. Huge. So that being said, remember when you're at a comic shop and you have a great issue in your hand, hand it off to somebody. If you see them struggling and tell them to turn a page. We'll see you guys next week.